I thought I would uh, again speak about some of the things which I think are very important in terms of current events. Yeah, because what's amazing is every week there's something significant and substantial that happens. It's just amazing to watch, you know. And um, I just wanted to mention a couple of ideas which I don't think pe people are aware of, you know, and so on, you know. To just to mention something which I had uh, spoken about uh, quite a while back and so on. The, 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 uh, one of the key ideas of what's happening today, um, in other words, what determines what's happening today, is the fact that the Sutton, as we approach closer and closer to the Messianic era, the Sutton is losing his grip. Not his sanity, but his grip. In other words, what does that mean? That he's losing the ability to destroy the Jews. That's what he's doing. Uh, Kabbalistically, what that means is that we know that when the uh, Jew sins, that whatever holiness would have come down to the Jew is taken by the Sultan. And that's the, the relationship that we have going all the way back to Adam Mauritian. Anyway, which I've mentioned many times and so on, you know. So therefore the Sultan has an enormous amount of what's called Kedusha, power, or if you want to use the Kabbalistic terms, sparks of holiness. And that gives him the energy. His energy, of course, comes from the fact that he He's makatrek, he prosecutes. Without that, he's nothing. But when he prosecutes and he's victorious in judgment, he's then allowed to take whatever holiness the Jew would have gotten. And that's what empowers him uh, to do many, many things. Anyway, but the interesting thing about it, which we know, is that as we approach the Messianic era, he slowly has to give back because the Jews do go through whatever, however they do it, they proceed with what's called the tikkun process, which is the process of rectification. And uh, a great deal of that process is to empty the sultan of all the holiness that he has, thereby disempowering him completely and ultimately he dies. Uh, and then the Mashiach comes uh, and so on without getting into the, the entire process. <clears throat> and I had once mentioned, which is really very important, I had mentioned how is it Obama became president of the United States? You know, I mean, it was really incredible when you think about that. Because not only was he, uh, you know, black, which itself is okay. I mean, that, that in itself isn't the reason why he shouldn't be president. But the man was involved with terrorists, and, and we know that. He's basically a Muslim. It's really what he is. Uh, and he's really a very bad guy. I mean, it's obviously, you know, a megalomaniac and so on. Question is, how did he work? How did he become president? And I had mentioned what the underlying concept is quite a while back, and so on. I'm going to mention it again because it's still going on. We don't realize that, but whatever empowered Obama to become president is still happening. What does that mean? And that's why it's important. I'd mentioned that um, when a general is fighting a war and he's losing. And let's assume he only has one week's left of firepower. Well, he's finished, really, in many ways. So there's really only three types of strategies that he can do to survive. The first one is called the big bluff. That means he will fire, out of the seven days of firepower, he will fire six 
day's worth, thereby hoping to frighten the enemy, which is a bluff, of course, you know, and they'll get so frightened by this display of enormous firepower that they'll just throw in the towel and say, hey, we give up. But let's assume it doesn't work, right? The general does that, six days, and it's an awesome display of, of uh, you, know, warm, you know, weapons and so on, firepower. And let's assume that the other side doesn't give up. Well, he's got to go, he's got to resort to strategy number two. Strategy number two is where he will send some of his people into the nation that's the enemy, hoping to dissolve or to, in some way, remove the resolve that that enemy nation has even to fight. You know, and that's where you had the United States during the Vietnam War, you know, make love, not peace, this kind of stuff, you know. And a lot of people were against the war. They said enough is enough. And, and, and it's repeated many times. So therefore, sometimes a nation will say, hey, we had enough, right? So let's stop the war. So this general who is losing, he tries to institute that strategy. And let's assume he sends guys in to try to break the resolve of the fighting nation. And, uh, you know, he tries and so on. And let's assume that doesn't work. Doesn't work. So there's only one more strategy that he has left. What is that? He's got to contact an ally and say, hey, you know, I'm, I ran out of firepower. Basically, it's all over. <laughs> Do me a favor. Send me more troops and send me more weapons, more firepower, ammunition, you know. Uh, and that's what he needs from the ally. If he doesn't get it, he's finished. The Sultan is really in the same position. That's the best really way to, way to understand that. Well, the Sultan is uh, losing all his firepower. What is his firepower? That which preserves him, right? And that is the whole concept of the sparks of holiness, the, the Kedusha that he's robbed, so to speak, from the Jews because of their sins, you see. And as he's losing it, obviously, his power is diminishing, and it's only a matter of time until he's finished. So what he hopes, and the only way he can get it back, if he can get the Jews to sin, because that's his power, that's he gets it, right? They sin, he prosecutes them in heaven because he's the heavenly DA, right? And if they lose, of course, then he is unique, nourishes, from their Kedusha that he was able to get through justice. So what does he do? <coughs> he prosecutes enough <coughs> where he accuses the Jewish people and so on. Now I'm not going into what the Rabbanisham, I mean what's his part in this, you know, he sees what's going on. I'm putting that aside. I'm strictly talking about the Sutton himself. So the first thing that the Sutton did was what's called the big bluff, as I mentioned. He tries to fire uh, you know, six days of firepower, right? And uh, what the manifestation or expression of that was by the Sutton is the Holocaust. Now, the Holocaust has many fundamental reasons, which I'm not going into, but this is a very important one of them. Is what? Is that what the Sutton was able to do is convince every nation to, in some way, wage war against the Jews. Now war doesn't mean war. There are many ways to contribute to the destruction of the Jews. You can either kill them directly, you can support the nation that does kill them, you know, uh, you, uh, you, know you, you collaborate with them, and then there's the people that participate 
by uh, giving them uh, more armaments. There are many ways to be guilty of culpability in killing the Jews. So what the Sultan did in World War II, he got an enormous amount of the world to, to try to destroy the Jew. And therefore, it was just awesome display of firepower, which means basically the non-Jews, the Goyim, to kill the Jews and so on. What the, the Ukraines, of course, the, the Nazis in Machshamam, and Hitler in Machshamay, and, uh, and, and so on, all the other nations, you know, that really contributed heavily to the destruction of the Jews. And that includes, of course, Poland, uh, it includes France, all these guys, including the U.S. with Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who refused entry at all, and so on. They all are guilty of, in some way, and God will judge them, and he does judge them, you know exactly to what measure they are guilty. <clears throat> so that's the big bluff, where the Sutton was able to do that. Kill the Jews. Now, we know killing the Jews doesn't get him anything. So then what's the point? And the answer is because that type of an event would destroy a, a person's emunah, faith. Because a guy would say, what is this? We're the children of God. We're the people that he chose to represent them, right? And to further the tikkun process. Where is he? How could he allow this to happen? So what they would do is just throw away their faith. And therefore they would sin. And if they would sin, he would then be obviously in a position to take what they have, their Kedusha, their holiness, and so on. So that's really the, one of the main objectives of the Holocaust, to destroy the faith of the Jewish people, thereby allowing them to sin. And as a result of that, he can then re, uh, restore the power that he had. I mean, there are other, a lot of other ideas going on, but I'm just focusing now on the satanic strategy. However, it didn't work. You know, in, in some ways it did work. And there were many people that gave up Judaism as a result, you know. <clears throat> but by and large, when you take a look, <clears throat> it didn't work as good as the Sutton intended. And therefore, he stuck with the old problem that he's losing fuel, food, in order to survive. So therefore, the Sutton has to go into the second process. Now, what is that? And that is called, not the Great Bluff, but it's recalled to break the resolution, you know, the resolve of the nation. And who are they? The heir of Rav. The heir of Rav, I once gave a whole share on that, what the heir of Rav really is. Those are Jews that have replaced the uniqueness of, Jew, of, of Jews as the, uh, uh, as the observers of the Torah, that the bond between the Jew and God has nothing to do with Torah. Jews are like every other nation, but they have their own culture and so on, but it has nothing to do with Torah. Uh, these are the leaders, these are the uh, leaders uh, of these movements, reform, conservative, reconstructionist, the maskilim, uh, Zionists and all those, they're not these, the secular Zionists, not the religious Zionists, but the secular Zionists. These are the Erevrav, or the soldiers of the Sultan, the Jews. And it's terrible what they are, and what they did, of course, by building the state of Israel, they took so many Jews and destroyed the religion. The Yemenites, there's, there's so many stories of what went on in the beginning of the state, how these people would want to curry favor with the British, and then they, they, they were hoping that they would be the government. Meanwhile, they made sure that all the religious, uh, would, they would try to convert all the religious into, of course, non-observant Jews, so therefore they would not be pushed out of power. There's a lot of this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, in many ways, they destroyed the religion called Judaism of the Jewish people. Therefore, by breaking the resolve of religious Jews, 
what would happen, right? Uh, the resolve is broken, and they, of course, would abandon Judaism, sin, and then the sultan again can eat. So always the, uh, the, uh, the objective of the sultan is to destroy the religion so they sin, and when they sin, they can then prosecute and then take their holiness because of that. So therefore, the founding of the state of Israel by the people that were heir of Rav, okay, uh, people who are enemies of the Torah, right? Uh, he was able to break the resolve of thousands and thousands of Jews by putting them in camps that were completely irreligious. You know, it's, uh, there's so much stuff written on this and so on. However, when you look at it, that didn't work either, really. I mean, it, it worked nicely for him. You know, we, we, you go around Israel today and there's so many Jews, unfortunately, that violate the so many commandments of the Torah and so on. <clears throat> and the government, no matter what they say, they fundamentally is trying to destroy the Judaism of the Jews. You know, they don't mind if you're a little traditional. You know, but it's not like it shouldn't get out of hand. We actually do all the mitzvahs and so on, you know, you know and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's all hypocrisy and, you know, all subterfuge and so on, you know. But in any case, it didn't really work, so they, therefore, the Sutton, what he has to do is he needs more firepower. And both of these pr previous strategies are not working. So what does he do, right? There's only one, so the Sutton is the only one who has this contest, basically, between him and the Jews. They're both vying for the same unbelievable uh, uh, force of God, you know, the... Uh, uh, to be unique, to be able to nourish and, and so on, you know. But there is, and there is no other nation that can do that. All nations of the world derive what they have, what's called their shefa, from the sultan. That's, that's how, they, how they do it and so on. Unless they, people become Jewish, it's a different story. But it's interesting, there's only one other nation that derives their power straight from God. They don't go to the sultan for any kind of, uh, you know, um, force. Uh, and so on. Who is that? Those are the Arabs, Ishmael. Because Avram Avinu said, alavai, Oh, it should be that Ishmael, his son, should write, you live before you. What he really was saying, of course, is that <clears throat> let them live before you. Let them derive their tremendous energies, spiritual and divine energies, from you directly and not from the sudden. And God said, I have listened to what you said. Okay, without going into, you know, why would Avram do that and so on. So it comes out that Yeshmael is able to derive energy, spiritual energy, energy or force from God directly. That's, how, that's what it comes out. So they're the only other nation besides Jews that can do that, you see. And you see that because that's why their name is Yeshmael. Okay, Yeshmael means God hears, means that they have the name God in them because they can derive that energy straight from the sudden. You see, and they're the only other nation. So therefore, now, and that, and that makes, accounts for certain phenomenon, phenomena which we see. That is why Christianity wants to, what's called in Yiddish, shmad a Jew. They want to try to take a Jew and convert him to Christianity. Why? Because the only way, the, the angel, of course, of, of um, well, Christianity ultimately derives from Esav. You have Esav in the Torah, who became Edom. Edom became uh, Rome. Rome became Christianity. And we see that. That's the heir of Rome, is Christianity and so on, you know. 
And Christianity, of course, is Western civilization. That's who Asaph is today. Uh, but in any case, the major idea is that um, uh, uh, the, 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 the non-Jews, non the Christian nations, the, and the angel of Asaph, of course, is a Sultan, as we know from the Torah and so on, you know. So in many ways, even though they don't realize that, the guiding angel or the ministering angel is a Satan, even though that's the last thing they would ever believe, right? The Satan is our angel? Are you kidding? But they don't realize that's exactly who their angel is, and that's why they've been slaughtering Jews for 2,000 years. I mean, how do they explain that? How do they explain that incredible murder and viciousness and slaughter of the Jews for 2,000 years? Okay, it's just it's beyond, in any case, so therefore, so therefore the, the Sutton, uh, what he does is he goes there with, he, and so it explains why the Arabs are not interested in converting the Jews, really. Why? Because they don't need the energy of the Jews. Their angel is not the Sutton, right? They don't need that energy of the Jews. You know, what they want is the Jews should admit that the Arabs or the Muslims are superior to the Jews. But they don't necessarily need the Jew to convert. I mean, it's nice, but Christians want conversion, you see. And the Arabs or Muslims want uh, the, the Jews to recognize that they are superior to the Jews. They want, and so on. In any case, why? Because they don't need the energy of the Jew when he converts and he uh, sins. They don't need that. They have their own from, they get it straight from God. You see, and that's a very important reason why they're not into really conversions. But anyway, <clears throat> um, this is what, uh, th th they're able to do that, uh, and so on. I mean, the one who says this is Marami Prague, who brings out this point that, uh, that well, Abraham was successful, in getting Yishmoel, his son, to be unique, to take this tremendous power straight from God. <clears throat> and of course there are conditions and so on, you know. So therefore, as such, the Satan goes over to Yish the angel of Yishmoel. He says, listen, you know, I'm dying here. I, I'm, I'm, I gotta give all that stuff back. I need some of your stuff, you know. So what Yishmoel, the angel of Yishmoel said, and each nation has an angel, um, that uh, represents them in heaven and so on, you know. She said, look, for 2,000 years, your firstborn, which means your major guy, you know, has been what? Has been Christianity, you know, has been, and, and, and so on, you know. Uh, hey, I want my guys to be now the front runner, not your guys, you see. So here's the deal, which you made with this, with this sudden, you know. I want my guy, I want a Muslim to be head of the Christian world. That's incredible. Now the Sultan, you know, is like I say, you know, he really can't say no, because he needs that. So he was able to, which is astounding, the power of, of, of this Malach and so on, you know. He was able to get a Muslim, whether you think he's a Muslim or not, his, to be the President of the United States. That's Obama. That's his power, because when you look at it, how in the world did this guy ever become president? It's incredible, you see. But he got it because that's the deal. So all of a sudden, Christian America uh, is being led by a Muslim. Even though, you know, he went to church for years, but everybody knows he's really a Muslim. And that's why he bowed to the king of Saudi Arabia, because basically he was a Muslim for all those years and so on, you know. Uh, and therefore, as a result of that, uh, you know, America became 
not became, but they certainly were represented by a Muslim. Imagine the President of the United States is a Muslim, which is incredible. And of course, what's the job of the Muslim President of the United States? To destroy a rival, which is to destroy America. Because America is fundamentally <coughs> Christian. So therefore, what do you have to do? You've got to destroy America, basically, because they're Christian, and allow the Arabs to dominate. And that explains who Obama is, that he was so, you know, he was he's almost like a spokesman for the Muslims. In Egypt, when he went there and he said, we apologize, which is incredible to watch this guy, you know, uh, and, you know, and why he was so terrible to America. I mean, the man, the, the man lied openly to America. I'm not even talking about now about the deep state that he's still actively trying to destroy America by trying to destroy Trump. Well, hold on with that, you know. But uh, he did. He was just absolutely terrible for America, with, with the economically and so on, you know. In any case, okay, so eight years goes by and he's gone, because eight years is the term limit of a president. But wait a minute, but the deal still stands, you see. But here's the problem. It was the deal of what the Sutton made with the angel of Yishmael still stands. In other words, we guys want to represent. We guys want to be top dog. You see? Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, over the Christians. You see? But the question is, okay. But how is he going to do it? Obama's gone. Right? Can't come back. Term limits and all that. So how does the deal continue? Because the Sut needs the energy of Yishmael. And the deal is still on. You see? Meanwhile, what is the Sutton doing? The Sutton is using uh, who to destroy America. Why does the Sutton want to destroy America? Because the problem is as the Sutton loses more and more energy, you see, and he's not able to, to uh, prosecute Jews as well as he used to, he becomes more and more desperate, you see. Now, three, but what, what's interesting is he's also become weaker. The Sutton is dying, and he becomes weaker, even though we don't see it, you see. Now, he became so weak that he was unable to prevent half of Esau becoming good. Trump is a messianic figure, even though he doesn't know that, you see, you know. And I, I said this years ago, and I predicted it and so on, that he would win, because Esau, in the end, has to do tshuva. He has to repent. You see, uh, without going through all the material that I, I said before and so on, you know. And in the end of time, he will repent. He will do tshuva. And the tshuva of Esau is two things. One, he will become a brother back to the Jewish people. You see, which means he will protect them. He will defend them. He will promote them. You see, protect them against Europe, the UN, you know what I'm saying? And all the other nations that try to destroy the Jews, right? He will promote them, right? What does promotion mean? Allow them to do the tikkun and be good to them. Uh, so that's the very important job of what, uh, of what Esau does. He is now really uh, a brother. Somebody told me something interesting, which is exactly right in line with what I'm saying. The Chabad house, unfortunately, in San Diego, with that crazy guy, tried to kill, uh, never he killed a woman, and so on and so forth. So I think there's a Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein, he spoke for the White House. So uh, either before he spoke or after he spoke, so Trump came over to Rabbi Goldstein, somebody told me, a Chabad guy actually, 
And he said to uh, Rabbi Goldstein, you know, he said, I love you like a brother. Really? Yeah, it's exactly. The exact language that I'm saying is the whole point of him becoming, uh, doing tshuva, do, repenting, and so on. And the second thing that he has to do, you know, is he's the uh, Esav, the toyv Esav, the good part of Esav, is that he has to say what Esav said to Yaakov. Let that which is yours be yours. In other words, I admit that the blessings that uh, Yitzchak gave you is yours, and I take away my envy, and my jealousy, and my hatred, and so on. You know, in other words, he's admitting that these things are appropriate for who, for uh, Yaakov, and let that which is yours be yours. And that is why Jerusalem is yours, the embassy is back there, Israel is yours, right? The Golan is yours. Then he shuts out all the, he takes away money from the UN, UNRWA, and so on. He throws the Palestinians out of Washington and so on. Because ultimately what it means is that what is yours is yours. That's the truth of Esau. You see, now, so the Sutton is so weak that he can't stop that force that has allowed Trump to become president. That's his weakening. That's the last thing he wants. Why? Because the Trump wants to, um, the Sutton wants to destroy Trump. Because Trump is an ally of Israel. It's really what he is. We, we know that the reason why he's an ally is because he, he has become a brother. He's, be, he's uh, turned the, the biblical verse, Yahweh, that, uh, that Asa will dis- persecute Israel, to Yahweh, he will serve Israel, which I had mentioned a long time ago and so on. So therefore, he wants to destroy Trump. Why? Because the reason why Trump wants to make America great or the reason why he has to make America great, because in order to establish Israel as the chief among the nations, needs the legitimatization of America. Because when America says, hey, we recognize something, who's going to stop them? Who can say a word against America? It's the most powerful nation in the world. You see, so when Trump said the Golan is yours, it's a fait accompli. That's what it is. And I don't care which nation says the opposite, means nothing. Because America is the greatest nation in the world. And you see, so therefore, America becoming great means that Israel will become great. That's very important because Esau, the brother of Yaakov, must avoid serve his brother. What does it mean to serve? To make him great. You see, so when Israel will then become more spiritual, which it will, then all the nations will recognize the greatness of Israel. And that's how you explain the rise of Israel amongst the nations. Because this is all messianic. And one of the key figures for that is Trump, you see. And therefore the Sutton doesn't want Trump to do this. He wants to destroy Israel, not make them great, you see. But the fact that he was not able to stop Trump from getting into power shows that he's much weaker. So you have to understand what it reflects on the Sutton, that the Sutton could not stop the election of Donald Trump, you see. And of course, the Sutton bought into the fact that everybody <coughs> was saying Trump can never become president, you see. But of course, he lost. And I guarantee you, the man was up 24-7, all night long, prosecuting the Jews, trying to stop Trump from becoming the president of the United States. And I might add, Pence. Mike Pence also, who's also an Oiv Yisrael, somebody who loves the Jewish people, you see. So that tells us a lot, that the Sutton is weak, 
because he can't prevent the good from happening. It's interesting. But what about the deal? Right? So in any case, so what the, what the Sultan is trying to do is get what? He's trying to get the evil of Esau, the Rasha of to destroy Trump because he still has a hold on half of America, the evil of Esau. And who are they? Of course, the liberals, the leftists, the progressive, right? The Democrats, right? The House. He now has the House, you see. <clears throat> and therefore, all of them, I mean, the fact that what he just said, that one of them said a word about the 600 missiles, which is incredible. Think about that. And it's hard to believe. Six, seven, five, whatever it is, right? You know, that is the hatred that the House has, and it's growing. That's the anti-Semitism, you see? So the Sutton still has what? He still has control over what's happening, you see? So now it's sort of like divided, where Trump is the president, and these guys are still trying to take out the Jewish people. But what about the deal? The deal is that Yishmael wants to assume a superiority, right? So therefore, he's got enough power left to get two Muslim women into the house. Omar and Talib, you see. What are they doing in the house? Which is, it sounds, the first two Muslims that became part of the house. Not only are they part of the, part of the house, but guess what? The house protects them, right? Why is the house cowering to these two women? And they are increasing the amount of anti-Semitism. The house says nothing, doesn't condemn them directly. You see, and anti-Semitism is rising. So that's part of the deal that the Sultan made with the with Yishmael. Right, right, that we still have some Yishmael, Islam, Muslims in the house, but more than that, they actually will assume a tremendous position where the house will follow them. See? And it's important. So therefore the Sultan is now, you know, employing three. He's got Yishmael in the house, these two Muslim women, of which is what? Leading the house in terms of the anti-Semitism. And that's why, you see? He couldn't do it with Obama, because, you know, that's over. But he's, he's strong enough to get these women into the house, and <coughs> therefore, that's his deal with the Sultan. Then he's got the heir of Rav, also trying to destroy Trump, right? And who's that? You know, guys like Adam Schiff, right? Chuck Schumer, Name. Jerry Nadler. Uh, these are all Jews. These guys are all heir of Rav. You see, so he's got them trying to destroy uh, the, uh, the Trump. Because remember, the danger of Trump is that he assists the Jews. And that's what the Sutton cares about, and so on, <clears throat> you know. And then, of course, he's got the Rasha of He's got the evil people of Esav, right, also trying to destroy Trump. <coughs> so what we're witnessing really is a, a total onslaught of Trump to destroy him. And we know that it's just beyond belief. It's never happened before. Everybody realized it's the mania. It's a psychotic mania to destroy the man. And they couldn't care less how. And of course, together with the media, they're trying to do that. But the reason for that is because what's behind all of this is the Sultan. Because he must destroy Trump. Because Trump is the most dangerous man. And then in comes a guy like Barr. You know, who's really going to destroy the Democrats when he uncovers the, the incredible scandal and fraud of how they started this entire investigation against Trump. 
you know, uh, it looks like we have to wait till 2020, you know, when Trump will win and really destroy that party and, and, and so on with all these uh, incriminations <coughs> that will come out. But meanwhile, we now understand what is happening. We are looking at a desperate attempt of the Sultan to destroy Trump because Trump is the most dangerous man in the world other than the Jews because he wants to aid and abet the Jewish people to rise and ultimately to introduce the entire messianic process. You're predicting he's going to win 2020. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, yes. <coughs> you know, you have to remember one thing. <coughs> the only vote that counts is God's. Every vote in the United States is irrelevant. The Bonsham said, I want Trump to be president, and he became president. There's no force in the universe that can oppose the will of God. And Trump being president is part of the messianic process, which God is not allowed to abandon, you know. And it doesn't make a difference. Hillary, any of these people, cannot stop that. And ultimately, he, he will win, and the Democratic, Democratic Party will be terribly damaged because of what they're doing. You see. It's not a matter of deserving it. Because in the end of time, there's a thing called Be'itoi. God will bring the Mashiach no matter what. What? Ready or not? It, and we are now Be'itoi. The Jews have gone through 2,000 years of incredible suffering. And uh, we know that there are three methods of Tikkun, Mitzvah, Tshuva, and Yisurim, uh, commandments, uh, repentance, and suffering. The Jews have suffered for 2,000 years, uh, and it's really, uh, they are basically almost finished with the measure of suffering, and therefore, that's why Trump is president. Asaph does not do tshuva until the end, and since he is totally for Israel, he's probably the greatest president in history to be for the Jews. What he's done is beyond belief. He's not even really asked. I mean, he didn't. Who asked him to do the Golan? A couple of people said, by the way, why not recognize the Golan? He did it because there's something in him that loves the Jews. And it's not just because of Ivanka, you know. Uh, it is, uh, there's just something in him that's an Oyev Yisrael. And he's like uh, incredible. He's tightening the vice on Iran. Yeah. Well, that itself is one of the biggest things. You know, you know you, Israel doesn't even have to worry about Iran because he's destroying Iran. Now that he took away the exceptions, you know, from buying oil from Iran, they're finished. They have nobody to sell oil. They cannot support their economy. And ultimately, uh, Iran will become a third world, really and third world. And then terrorism talks, they're the primary yeah. supporters of terrorism. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> but it's more than that because in the end of time, the Medjur says that Iran is the last war with the Jews. And he's destroying Iran disabling Iran from even being there. So that's clearly messianic. God is not even allowing that to happen. So therefore, he's destroying uh, what he called Iran, you know, um, wh which is a terrible, uh, uh, what he called, um, um, event that Iran is going through. You know, hopefully the people rise against the mullahs because the mullahs are destroying Iran. You know, it's, it's amazing to watch, you know. Persians are smart people. 
You know, they're bright guys. They're very, you know, they're sophisticated, they're civilized. They have a civilization that goes back thousands of years. They were the greatest nation on earth for a thousand years, for a long time, you know. The only one who could put a stop to them was Alexander, and he just barely did it, and so on, you know. What, imagine what Iran could be if you got rid of the mullahs. They'd be one of the greatest nations on earth. You know, in terms of business, economy, you know what I'm saying? What do they need this for? It's unbelievable how <clears throat> evil can destroy such a simple logical understanding of what it is to be prosperous. The same thing with Hamas. If they ever said, okay, forget about it, let's not work with Israel. Israel is begging them. We want to give you money, we want to build you up, you know, and they just refuse. It's amazing to watch what evil can do to a nation <clears throat> and so on, you know. Uh, but like I say, Trump is doing it, defending Israel uh, and, and so on. And um, this is what is happening now in the United States. It's a full war to destroy Trump because Trump is the greatest enemy of the Sultan now because he is chosen to defend, protect, and promote the Jewish people. It's really what it's all about and so on, you know. So I wanted to throw that in in terms of uh, the two Muslims in the explain why that is still there in the, you know, in the house. That's part of the old deal. And the amazing thing is that the Sutton is so good, he's able to get the whole house to run after these two women and do whatever they want, you know, and so on, you know. But anyway, that, that's really what's happening. Anyway, what was that? I want to tell you something. It, all of it is this is a bluff. North Korea is not going to do anything to America. They're not crazy. Or maybe they are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? America can flatten that country in 15 minutes. He knows that. You can't win a war against America. Even if he sent a missile to Minneapolis, you know, and he took out, you know, uh, 400,000 people. I mean, God forbid, right? And so on. Uh, yeah, but that, you can't win a war with America. America's 3,000 miles long, right? And then America would just take them out in 15 minutes. That's the end of the entire country called North Korea. So how do you win a war? You can inflict a harm, that's true. You can't win a war against the United States. It's impossible. So he knows that, and he doesn't want to die. You know, he wants to be king, or whatever he is, you know what I'm saying? It's all a bluff, it's called posturing. That's all it is, because he wants to, well, let me rattle a little, maybe you guys will fall for it, and you'll let me have, you'll take away the sanctions even before I take away my missiles, which of course he's never gonna do, and, and so on. But it, all it is is posturing, that's all it is. America's not worried about North Korea. He yeah. has artillery cannons that could reach salt, a lot of them. He could bomb <clears throat> salt and just destroy without atomic weapons. He got uh, that's artillery not the, cannons. That's not the that issue. That's not the issue what he could do. Of course he can, he can inflict serious harm. That's not the issue. The issue is if he does, his whole country is wiped off the map. And that, that's what he doesn't want. I mean, he, he's not willing to do that. It's okay. He doesn't care. Look, he's a murderer. He doesn't care if a half a million people die. But he does care 
if Kim Jong-un dies. You see, and that's the issue. He's not going to do anything. What's the difference what he can do? Because he's dead. Trump will wipe him off the map. He, uh, it's obvious what Trump will do. He says he's going to do it to Iran. What he said, threatened Iran. You guys say this. Even what Iran said, you guys say this again. You guys have no idea what we're going to do to you. And Iran has 80 million people. What does they have? 23 million people? It's, it's a joke. So I don't worry about North Korea. It's nonsense. He's not going to kill anybody, even if he could, because he's dead. He, what's he going to gain when he's dead? What is he? He's not into the ideals. Iran is into the ideals. He's into being a, you know, a, a dictator. It's all nonsense. They saw what Trump did bombing ISIS. They bombed them. Yeah. Like you're a yeah, of course. So you, can't, you can't play around with America. America has awesome firepower. We can't even imagine what these guys can do. You know what I'm saying? And he knows that, uh, Kim Jong-un. So I wouldn't worry. It's all posturing. That's all it is. So he can get them to say, listen, you know, give in to us. Take away the sanctions, you know, before we even allow or stop, you know, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the things that make uranium or whatever. Yeah. Centrifuges. Centrifuges, yeah. That's all it is. It's just posturing. Does it sound like Trump is afraid? He laughs at the whole thing. You know, it's like a flea threatening a person. That's all it is. North Korea is a flea. Discomfort. What? There's discomfort. <clears throat> what, what's a discomfort? He's not going to do anything, I guarantee you. All he can do is posture. That's it. And they know that. The Democrats use this. They, they say, L listen to this guy. You know, and they, they use it well, only, yeah, of course, because they're interested only in destroying Trump. So they want to make him look bad and say, well, you got to worry about North Korea. If you're not doing anything, you're incompetent. That's all it, it's, it's an, it allows them to destroy Trump. Uh, beyond that, there's no meaning to any of this. You know, it's, uh, it's almost comical, really, you know. I say it's like a flea threatening an elephant. It's a soap opera. You know, it's, what, what is this? You worry about the flea? Yeah, it's nothing. Anyway. Iran into like a possible war <clears throat> in the Middle East. No, <clears throat> well, I, Iran is interesting because Iran, uh, Iran wants to wipe out Israel uh, ideologically, which is worse, religiously, because they believe that the uh, imam will come when the world is destroyed, whatever, whatever. What? Well, Israel can take out Iran. Israel has nuclear weapons. I don't know how many they have. 50, 80? All you need is one. All you need, you don't have to destroy Iran. You destroy the infrastructure. You know, and they go back to the cavemen. You take out, you take out all their dams. You destroy every government building. Right? You destroy everything, and, but you leave the people intact. So what? You know, they know that. What does it take to... What? And then provide humanitarian aid. And provide the aid, yeah. Yeah. We recently sent a carrier task force yeah. to the Mediterranean. Yeah, because they threatened to, to, to block the Hormuz Strait. But it's a joke. If they ever block that strait, it's Trump war. would do... It's war. Not just by Trump, because two-thirds of the world's oil go through that strait. Iran would be finished in a week. Dead. Dead. Nobody's going to tolerate this nothing nation from, from doing this kind of damage to the world economy, you know? 
The world will only tolerate a certain amount of abuse, but even they will retaliate, you know, and Trump certainly will kill them. That one aircraft, you don't realize what an aircraft carrier can do. Group. We have, what? Exactly, he's got the whole group, right? Yet we don't realize, we don't realize how many nuclear weapons are on that boat, you know? And, and, and we don't realize the accuracy of those missiles, whatever they are, the Tomahawk missile, cruise missiles, and so on. Uh, these things can target, I think, within 10 feet or something like that. All you need is to send that. You can, you can nuke uh, Tehran, and that's the end of Iran. He sent four <coughs> 452s over there, and that's what carries... You can't start up with America. It's, it's, the whole thing is nonsense, you know, and Iran knows that. All they can do is threaten, rattle their saber, you know, but it means nothing, because everybody knows it means nothing. You know, like I say, it's, it's, it's a classic flea against an elephant. You know, it's really what it is. You know. Don't worry. God is not going to let Iran do anything. All they can do is threaten, but that's it. Both the United States, independently of the United, uh, uh, the United States, can wipe out Iran, and the same thing with uh, Israel. Israel can wipe out Iran. You know, if it's an existential threat, Iran is gone. Why do you think the biggest proof of this is Iran has done nothing? They've how many how many times have they entered um, Syria and wiped out Iranian, uh, you know, uh, places and so on? Does Iran do anything? You have any idea what kind of loss of face that is for Iran to the whole world? That a little pipsqueak country like Israel can go in and wipe out all their installations without any retaliation. Why? Because <coughs> they don't want to start a war with Israel. What are they going to gain? Neither does Russia. They tell Russia, you keep your planes down, we're coming over. No, Russia's different. They got, a, they got an agreement? Russia's different. That's because Putin likes Jews. Putin is not going to war with Israel. First of all, there's, uh, what is it, a half a million Russians, and, and he holds that they're his, his citizens. He's going to wipe out his own guys, you know. And he likes Jews. He will not do anything. That's why Russia stands back and allows Israel to do whatever it wants. Because fundamentally, he likes Jews. You know, sometimes it comes to a conflict because he's got to worry about the interests of his own country. Fine. But basically, he, he really likes Jews. He, and he understands their need to defend themselves. In fact, he wants Syria, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he wants uh, Iran out of Syria because he wants Syria to himself. It, it is such a mass of conflicting interests that it's really, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it, if it wasn't so threatening, it would be comical. That's, you know, it's what it is, you know. So don't worry about all of this. All of this is ridiculous, you know, and so on. Um, but it's tragic, no ma uh, nonetheless, you know. See, 700 miss missiles in, in Israel, it's beyond belief. Uh, and obviously the big thing is, of course, Netanyahu is not doing a thing. Nothing. And, they're, and they're, they're, they're laughing their heads off that they can bomb Israel, kill Israelis, send 1.2 million people into the bunkers. You believe this? You know, 150 crit critically wounded or whatever and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, Netanyahu gives them everything. You know, they're, they're laughing their heads off. You should know. You should know. He will, he will have to answer what, for what, what he's doing. What should Israel do with Gaza? <clears throat> you know, what they should have done is long over. You know, there's a certain amount you can tolerate from a nation. You know, you tried diplomacy, you tried this, bribery, this and that, you know. 
But after a while, when they fire missiles which kill people, you know, then it, it's all, everything is over what they could have done. What they really should do is go in and wipe out every uh, Hamas completely. Wipe them out, totally. And then force the Gazans to vote. Okay, vote, you put in a new government. That's all, you know? And, and, and that's it. It's like what uh, in the olden days, you know, uh, if somebody would uh, commit a, uh, some action, um, they'd wipe out every man, woman, and child. I'm not saying what they should do this, but they should wipe Hamas off the map. And then tell the Gazans, okay, we will help you set up an election. Vote a new government, you know, and, and that's the end of it. Either that or give Abbas, Hamas, uh, you know, or Gaza, one or the other, you know, and, and so on. And that's all they should do, you know. And now is the time to do it because Trump will stand behind them. Anybody, uh, Trump said, I mean, they, of course they have to defend themselves. It's nonsense. So once they have Trump behind them, then no nation will rear its head. Yeah, they'll make a lot of noise, but who cares? You know, this is existential. This is no longer, you know, uh, well, they're not nice to us anymore. No, they are killing Jews. In fact, ultimately, Netanyahu is a messiah at Sicha. He has all the blood on his hands <clears throat> because, he, you know, he's the one who can do anything. He's the prime minister. He still is. You know, and the fact that he is allowing Hamas to destroy, kill Jews and put the whole country under a terrible terror uh, watch is un inexcusable. I don't care what the reason is. You cannot, uh, a country cannot allow that to happen to its citizens. That is the <coughs> first and greatest responsibility that the government has toward its citizens. Protect them. You know, you cannot have any other idea other than protect them. You see, and if um, you need to wipe them out and then somehow get Gaza to vote a new government, either Abbas take over or let them to vote a new government. And that's the end of it. You know, come what may. Too bad. What was that? Suppose they, they have this election in the same mm -hmm. kind of government. No, not if you wipe Hamas out. Who's left? They can't even get along with the PLO. People you should know one thing. They hate Hamas. It's now reached the point where Hamas has no money for them anymore. You know, so they really hate Hamas. But it doesn't make a difference. Israel should say, hey, we'll give you a chance. You elect a new government. You know, have elections and so on and so forth. Let them be what's called an interim government to run the country while they're doing that. Let them have a new government and so on. And Israel will say, you know, we'll say to this new government, you know, if you're going to act like Hamas, guess what? You know, you're also fried. You're finished. No, Israel doesn't have to tolerate that. He's not worried about these people. So how in the world can they empower Hamas? Hamas is laughing at them. They can't believe their luck. You kill people. So the fact that he does not retaliate, because there are solutions, he's, he aids and abets murder. That's what, what Netanyahu he, is. He's a murderer. He bombed them. What, he bombed them? He, he bombed, bombed a bunch of buildings. <coughs> he killed two people. You, you, you don't understand. This requires an altered annihilation of Hamas. You don't kill, you don't bomb a bunch of buildings. Well, the buildings didn't bomb you, so what are you bombing buildings for? It's irrelevant, the buildings. You kill the people. You know, I never saw a building bomb anybody. It's the people that bomb people, you know. You kill them. And, and just as far, you know, my opinion is that, you know, Tanya was a murderer. 
basically what he is. I don't care what his condolences are, which is the biggest joke of all. What do you mean condolences? To what? You know, you're the guy that's allowing murderers to kill Jews. So, how do you, you know, what, what do you mean? What, what excuse do you have for not killing the murderers of Jews? Or it, It's incredible. How does this government, what's the legitimacy of this government even to rule when they have, they have allowed Hamas to bomb periodically Israel. I mean, what, what are you, that's insanity. If that happened to America, if Canada would bomb 600 missiles, imagine that for New York, you know, New Jersey, whatever, right? What do you think Trump would do? Bomb right back. He'd, he'd, he'd wipe them out. He'd be the 51st state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you, you think he would tell? He'd sit. He make. You trying to make a peace or agreement with Canada? You know, there's this thing called deterrence. There's no deterrence. These guys think they can do it and get away with it. You know, what are they worried that they're going to have to assume the burden of supporting Gaza? No, you put an interim government, which will tremendously aid the Muslims, because now for the first time, the money that everybody's giving them is going to go to them. And not to building the tunnels. I mean, Hamas is the worst enemy of Gaza. It's a joke what they're, what they're doing to, you know, because they have this crazy ideology to destroy Israel. Therefore, Gaza has to suffer. All those Gazans have to suffer. It's incredible what goes on. You know, it's almost like they're all psychotics. You know, the UN, Europe, they don't want to look at the MS, what's really happening. Would they tolerate if they were 600 missiles came to them? What are you going to say? It's just be, it's be, what, what, what is happening is like an Alice in Wonderland scenario, you know. Everything is psychotic. It's what it is. There's not one word of truth in the entire situation. Yeah, it's my it opinion. Does it say Ishmael was firing arrows at, uh, at the, Yeah, and she and threw him out. Said, get out. Get, get yeah, yeah, of course. You don't, you don't allow this to continue. Well, what does it mean even? No country in the world would allow this. So how can they say to Israel, don't retaliate? Don't take out Hamas? What is wrong with that country, Israel? What is wrong with Netanyahu? What is wrong with that government? They're all murderers. Did anybody protest? No, what about Eurovision? What? Eurovision, so Eurovision? Yeah, they won the they're supposed to have a big TV show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's something that uh, they, they would win, and it's such an odd person. Who won? A very odd, very, very odd person. Somebody really out of the box. And what is this? What does this have to do with real life? You know what I'm saying? People are dying. You know, and people are dying, people are, I mean, it's incredible, you know. Would, would Netanyahu be uh, so inept and so incompetent and so paralyzed if the missile hit his kid and killed him? Would he? You know, if they wiped out his family, what would he no, say? I'm going to make a peace with him? When he gave away Gaza, the next day he was in a coma. Netanyahu's not going to get away with this. No, of course not. Ultimately, the wheel turns against him, you know. But how, do they, how does the Knesset allow him to get away with this? You know, I'm very, I'm very proud of the fact that Gideon Tsar, who I recommend, you know, he came out against Netanyahu. He says, what are you doing? 
You're preventing what should have been a war. This is crazy. You know, we was the rest of the Knesset. You know, they don't want to rock the boat because they all need their uh, chauffeured cars. It was shame. How do you allow a prime minister to do this? It's incredible. When you think about that, you know. What were the generals running against him? What were they going to do? Did they say they would? Yeah, Gantz came out. Well, the opposition, of course, will come out. Uh, you know, but he, of course, he came out. So, what are you doing? You can't do this. Six hundred missiles. And you do nothing, and you let Qatar give them billions of dollars, and you allow everything to keep going as if nothing happened. It's beyond belief. Yeah, but anyway, he won. And God is the only vote that counts. How do you account for this? That's a different story. <laughs> that, 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 that's Next a different... <laughs> no, no, that's a different cheshben. Why the Bansham allows this to happen. But that still, that, that doesn't mean the whole thing is crazy. Still, you know, so on. Anyway, that's the, uh, you know, what's happening, the latest and so on and so forth. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and so on. But that's and ultimately what is happening with... Uh, Trump, yeah. The average person looks anyway. at all that's going on, you're bewildered, you know. It's like <coughs> well, that's why I'm giving a shit, trying to unbewilder you. I mean, that's what it is. Rapid, why? It's rapid fire that people are blind. They don't even realize what's going on in front of them. No, These events well, are does? happening so quickly. Correct. Nobody, yeah. Yeah. That's why I give this shit. You know, to uh, say unbewildered people, you know. Well, the got more right. so what? I don't think four fifths of each the, the yeah. American people really know what's what's really going on. Like you say, only this year. Yeah, it's only this year. Yeah. You know. up north has more rockets than people in Gaza. Yeah, but they're also dying because Iran can't give many money. Nisrola himself is dying. You know, you know, they're all falling apart. That's the incredible thing why Netanyahu doesn't want to do anything. They're all falling apart anyway. Because Iran, is, they, can't, they don't have the money. So this Nisrola now knows he's got to hand around the hat, pass around the hat to get money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Iran was the big uh, sponsor and, and it's not sponsoring anymore. You know, and so on. Even the Iranian guard is suffering. They're not getting the money because they have no money. And now, you know, now with this, that they took away the exemptions, forget it. You know, Iran will collapse economically, and, and so on, you know. Israel needs a Trump. That's what it needs. We should name a street after him in Israel. They are. We should name a street, a village, everything, you know. Sure, you know. Yeah. I hold Trump should quit his job. <laughs> as president and become prime minister of Israel you wouldn't believe what would happen on the next day would he win the vote there? oh he's got a 98% approval rating <laughs> in Israel forget about America you know that's what he should do forget about America you know it's a lost cause just go to Israel run for prime minister run that country and just set it straight uh, that's the solution to everything. You know, what can you say? Anyway. Okay. Anything else? That's the latest, you know. It's like, it's an ongoing soapbox. It's really what it is, you know. Soap opera. Oh, yeah. It's just, 
incredible what happened. Trump's name, Donald Trump, 424, Yeah, I know. I said that a long time ago. Yes. But Obama Hussein is also Mashiach, 424. Same Mashiach, same exact number. Which one? Obama. Barack Obama. Barack Obama is going to be a Mashiach. Barack Hussein Obama is going to be a Mashiach also. No, without the Hussein. Barack Obama is Gematria um, 358, which is Gematria Mashiach. And the reason for that is, well, I once gave a shir about that, but, uh, and the, the word Nochosh is also Gematria Mashiach. So he's the Nochosh instead of the Mashiach, you know. Hillary so Clinton anyway. He's a Malikiah, uh, a woman of Malik, right? Which yeah. describes her perfectly. When you are over there, what's the mood of the Israelis? <coughs> are they confused also? Israel has become a timid nation. They allow this injustice to continue. They're very timid. They don't do anything. What they really should do is rebel, throw over, get rid of Netanyahu, and put in somebody that will defend the lives of the Jews. That's really what they should do, but they don't. No, I told you, you know, Trump. It's really what it is. You know, it's one thing if the economy is suffering, it's another thing that people are dying. It's a whole different scenario. People die because of this. And it could have been prevented. The fact that he didn't bomb Hamas before is what killed these people. See, he allows the murderers to survive and to flourish. So the, the avla, the injustice that this man has done, the tanyo, is that he didn't kill him years ago. That's why they still can kill people. So he has blood on his hands, you know. How was he able to win the election? How's what? How was he able to win the election with all this? <clears throat> That's a good question, because people are fooled. They're fooled by him in many ways, you know. They see that he's friends with Trump and all that, but they don't understand that he is incompetent, you know. He, people are dying. I mean, it's incredible. How many years has this, has this been going on with Hamas? Years. First with Arafat and now with Hamas. For years, you know. <clears throat> I mean, nobody wants a war, but this is ridiculous, you know. It's insane. Really is. Because like I say, the first responsibility of government is to protect its citizens from harm. When they don't do that, they have lost their legitimacy and their right to govern. Simple. Like you see in the Declaration of Independence. You know, they said, uh, what do you call it, uh, the King of England? He's lost his legitimacy. You know, and they had a whole list of what he's done. The Declaration of Independence, you know. That the right of a government to rule is only if they stand the test of what the government is required to do. Once the government abandons its right, it has no more legitimacy to be governed, to be a government. And it has to fall, you know, because ultimately a democracy means that the people rule. In other words, the government rules as a result of the, the pleasure of the people. That's really what it is, and that's basically what democracy is. You know, but if the government the government violates what it has to do, 
then it's over with. You get rid of it and finished. Ultimately, Netanyahu is the heir of Rav. This is going to complicate the end of days. The heir of Rav here in America, with the house, with the Muslims, to deal with Ishmael. So that's a big, it's a big problem in Eretz Israel. The heir of Rav here is a big. Uh, it's a problem anywhere they are, the Air of Rav. But, but the problem is not the Air of Rav. The Air of Rav is nothing more than the army, basically, of the Sutton. It's not the Air of Rav. The real problem is the sins of the Jews. That's the problem. Because when the Jews sin en masse, they empower the Sutton. When the Sutton is empowered, he calls out his troops. The greatest troops of the uh, Sutton is the Air of Rav. Go to the root of what the problem is. The problem is the Jews. You know? And when <clears throat> of course, that's what the problem is. You know? And therefore the Sultan has his power because of that. And then he calls on his troops. The Erefrav. Esav. The Rasha Esav is part of his troops. You know what I'm saying? Or Yishmael and so on, you know? Is the Israeli government still trying to get Boom Jews and the Kolel? Yes, yes, and they're having tremendous problems with Lieberman, because Lieberman really wants to draft the Jews. See, <coughs> what they don't understand, and that's the root of the problem. They do not, or it has not been enshrined into law. They do not understand that Torah learning is a value that must be protected and is as legitimate as any other value, if not more important, than the, uh, any other value of the government of Israel. They don't recognize that. And therefore, if a guy sits and learns, well, what are you doing? You warming up the bench? To them, that's all it is. <clears throat> yeah, they have a recognition that Jewish continuity needs somebody to learn Torah. They do have something like that, because the Torah is an ancient document, and it has what's preserved the Jews. But they don't realize that learning Torah by Jews is what protects the Jewish people. And as long as they don't understand that, so, you know, and as long as they don't understand that, then, hey, you got to share the burden. You got to go to the army, you know. So that's the real problem, you know. And of course, the real, the next problem is that the whole concept, uh, you know, Ben-Gurion said, you know, that the army is a vehicle, social engineering. You go to the army, you're finished. Yeah. You will become fry. You will become non-religious or severely diminish your religion. And they realize that the army is the greatest way to make everybody non-religious. That's what they want. What? There's plenty of from Yes, but there are. I've seen reports where they say that a lot of this is a charade. It's false that the kosher food is problematic. There's a lot of stuff in the army that we don't know about that is problematic in the army itself for religious people, you know, and so on, you know. But okay, but that's the problem. They don't recognize learning Torah as a value that is equal to any other uh, value of, of Israel, of Israeli society. That's why they want to put it as, make it as a basic law because then that determines the legislation <coughs> about draft. Because once you have the fact that Torah learning is a real value based on basic law, then you just can't destroy it, you can't minimize it, 
You can't neutralize it. That's what it is. That's the era of Rav. You see, that, that's what it is. Uh, could you imagine if they did that with Moshe Rabbeinu in the Midbar? Where they said, hey, you know, who cares if you're learning Torah? You know what I'm saying? That's one thing you see about the Midbar. Midbar you know, as long as they were in the desert for 40 years, you couldn't start up. You started up like Kerach, you, you know, you were dead. You were dead and buried, literally, by Kerach. You know, it was God would not hesitate to destroy you openly and miraculously in the 40 years in the desert, you know. <clears throat> but once that happened, then of course, you know, people have free will and they can do whatever they want, you know. But could you imagine if somebody's come out and said, well, Torah learning is no big deal. You know, let him join part of the, uh, the army there, you know, whatever, you know. He would have wiped them out. God, God would have wiped them out. So you were, you know, think about that, you know. Of course, it doesn't happen because you know. They had their troublemakers, Dathan and. and Dathan, of course, they're all destroyed. They're all destroyed. God doesn't has, God does not hesitate, or play around. You know, he doesn't do that. He says, "Stay, hey, wipe them out." You know, the Cheto Egel, they sinned with the golden calf, right? They all died. All they had to drink, part of that all died. You imagine, you know, a You're Jew killing another Jew, but. You're saying the government thinks they're like in the Kollel, it's like studying Shakespeare's plays or something? No, they recognize, it's like studying, uh, you know, authentic Jewish history. But there's no spiritual value to it, really. It's a, it's, it's, it's a national, you know, cultural value. You know, they recognize there's a value, but it's not, there's no spiritual value. And it certainly doesn't give you points in heaven because you learn Torah. I don't believe that. It's the Erev Rav. That's what the Erev Rav is. It's anyway, but that, that's what it is. And they get away with it. Israel is controlled by the Erev Rav. That's what it is. You see, and, uh, and they are the last real uh, soldiers of the Sultan. When they go, when the Tanyo is overthrown, then you know the Mashiach is right around the corner. And he will be overthrown. Just a matter of time. All these you know? Arab countries got destroyed. The guy, do you have to lift the finger? You know, <clears throat> what do you think? Yeah, isn't that amazing? That they've been serious destroyed, Ooh, and they didn't even do yeah. Libya, Tunis, yeah. God is right down the list. God, yeah, God is destroyed. Yeah, I know, I've Syria. said that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. IDF didn't fight any battle. Yeah, even Iran is being destroyed by the United States. Israel is not doing anything, basically, except in Syria, but in Iran itself, yeah, it's being wiped <coughs> out. Sure, you know. Okay, looks like uh, um, anything else? Um, you know? Hang on. Hang in. We're very near the Mashiach. Very near. And ultimately, what you're going to see is an incredible mahpecha. What's mahpecha in English? Uh, upheaval. Upheaval, yeah. Yeah. That's what's coming up. Something is going to happen. When, you know, everything is finished, when God says, okay, the measure is full, I'm now going to change. There have been times in history like that, you know. The fall of the Berlin Wall was an upheaval. The fall of communism, right, was an upheaval, you see, you know. Um, and uh, the election of Trump is an upheaval. Every once in a while, shocking event happens, you know. And uh, 
Can you say that he has the protection of God? God forbid if somebody tried to take him out. Who, Trump? Yeah, Trump? yeah, of course. Yeah, he's protected by God. Well, that's how he can survive this. How does a guy survive? The house is after him. They want to, you know, it's just, uh, no, because God is protecting him. He, he's on a divine mission. Yeah. He, Israel needs him. So you can't, yeah, you can't touch a guy like that. Yeah, they're all trying. You got people out there that would actually try to hurt him physically. I'm sure, yeah, people hate him, you know, of course. No, no, he's, I'm sure he's, look, he's protected and so on, you know. But, uh, the what? If he has a, a spiritual relation somehow with Kurdish, you mentioned, how is he not... With who? Kurdish, Kurdish, who built the base of Middash. I, I never said he had. Oh, okay, but, but the mindset, he is doing everything for the Yidin. Yeah. At some point, he, he's going to obviously build a base of Middash. He's going to call for the, the rebuilding of the, of the temple. <clears throat> no, he won't call for... Step. No, he will not call for that. What he's giving Israel is the right to do what they want, but he's not going to build it for them. That has to come from within Israel, you know. That, that has to come when the uh, the heir of Rav is gone, and whoever's going to transition, uh, you know, after uh, Netanyahu, hopefully there will be a transition, and then Mashiach bin Yosef and so on, they will build the base of Migdash, not Trump. That's not Trump's mission, you know. Are you saying that America is, is the powerhouse behind Israel? But not for that. Base of Migdash is spiritual. You know, what he's trying to do is uh, allow Israel to rise amongst the nations, you know, as an equal to everybody and protect them from the UN, from Europe, from, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Muslims, from all these people that hate Israel. There's a rise of anti-Semitism all over, France, all over. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I was going to just mention a couple of words also about Notre Dame, which is interesting, you know. Notre Dame really is a very, you know, you're familiar with what happened, obviously, right, right. burnt. Yeah, that's a very interesting symbol. First of all, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is an icon. It's not just a church. It's one of the greatest churches in the, in the world of, uh, uh, you know, Christendom and so on, you know. The fact that that burnt down is a very bad uh, simon for Christians, you know, for, for Christians and so on, you know, that Notre Dame burnt down. The second bad simon for that, bad news about that, is that uh, it burnt down between uh, Good Friday and Easter. Right. That's the week that they really need. That that, that's the Holy Holy Week, and that's when it burnt down? I mean, a real Christian should be asking himself, what happened? Why did Yeshua allow this to burn down? This is the biggest week that you need that church? And it's not there. And it's not there. It's more than not there. It is there, burnt. That's worse, you know? So that's the second incredible thing. Third thing, incredible thing about that event was it happened in Yud Nisan. That's the day of the Korban Pesach. You know what I'm saying? That's when all the Jews, Yud Nisan, brought the Korban Pesach, you know, which is a defiance of the gods of Egypt, you know? And that, yeah, and that burnt down on that day, you know? And then, of course, there's reference to the fact that they maintain the Talmud Every every Talmud in France was burnt. In was that burnt. Square, That's right what they say. Side. Yeah, and uh, in twelve forty two. What was that? I don't think it was burnt on that square specifically. I know. I, I'm also in doubt of that, um, but certainly there's not a far. not far. Yeah, but and every, every in twelve forty two, I think that was a year, 
all the Gemaras, all the, Tal the Talmuds of France, they're everywhere. Was burnt. You know. <clears throat> and what's interesting is the Moran de Rutenberg. He wrote a piot saying that he, that they should also burn. It's part of his piot song. You know that he said. You know. <clears throat> but uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a very bad sign. To show you that it's a bad sign, <clears throat> the Pope just came out with a law. You saw the law he came out with? That he wants any sexual misconduct reported to the Vatican. You know? You can imagine somebody announcing that from the, from the shul pulpit, right? The rub, <laughs> the rub gets up and says, listen, any sexual misconduct by you guys has to be reported to the Aguda. Imagine what that, the, yeah. you know, that's what? We got you know? So uh, the fact that he had to come out with a new law just shows how prevalent this is, you know? Uh, and, and so on. So that's a tremendous weakening of the church. And anyway, the church is weakening. In Europe, nobody goes to church. I shouldn't say that. The only ones who go to church are the tourists to see the magnificent windows. You know what I'm saying? In the architecture, they're the only ones that go. You know, but they say 90% of the churches in Europe are empty. What's that tell you? You know, they're losing. They're leaving the <clears throat> sure, they're leaving the church because people don't see that either as relevant to their lives or they don't believe it or whatever. They so the, <clears throat> yeah, so the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral uh, is a very bad sign for Christianity. And the fact that it's happening now, you know, is because of the messianic era because that's really what's going to happen when the Mashiach comes every church will be converted to a base medrash in that church imagine that you'll be able to look at all the stained windows <laughs> in Notre Dame in the north portico they got reliefs of Jews with pointed hats that France made Jews wear yeah to, also they said that reliefs are right on that wall yeah on and also north right portico. outside there's the two monuments there. Somebody told me, you know, the two monuments, one of them is a, I forgot what the symbol was, it was a statue of, uh, uh, I remember, of somebody representing Christianity and its greatness. And the other statue was the Jew in his lowly state. Yeah. Something like that, right, yeah. So, uh, and of course, you know, it just shows, the well, there goes the church and so on, you know. But there's no question that it's a bad sign for Christianity. You know, as it is, Christianity is slowly dissolving. You know, people just losing faith in the whole in the whole approach. That, by the way, is very dangerous for the Jews because if because there's a lot of Christians that are thinking about Judaism. And the last thing Jews need, right, is one billion Christians paying for an aliyah and shul. <laughs> It's the last thing Jews need. That's the end of your aliyah. They're going to want all the rabbinical positions. They're going to want to be in the Bezdins, right? How can you contend with a one, one billion people? You can't. It's very dangerous for the Jew, you know? So, uh, but they're slowly it's being eroded. No question about that. So I, my interpretation is that this is exactly what happens in the Messian, near the Messianic era, where their entire claim to fame is being destroyed, you know? That's why I see Notre Dame and so on, you know. But in any case, um, th 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 this is what's happening, you know. It's symbolic, very symbolic of, of where Christianity is, uh, is really headed and so on. Look, you are looking, in summary, you are looking at the last 
gasp of a sudden while he dies. We don't realize that. <clears throat> but the fact that what we are witnessing is almost psychotic, you know, in terms of what's happening in the Congress. It's almost psychotic. We've never seen insanity at that level. So that tells you there's something really going wrong here, you know. And we've never seen such a, what do you call it, and even in Israel, such a, a cowardice to face an enemy that is killing Jews for years, for decades. And Israel refuses to do anything, you know, because they're all afraid of the world, what the world would say. But right now is the best time because, hey, you have Trump. So what we are really witnessing because of all this bizarreness is the dying uh, energies of the Sutton. I'm not going to sit shiva for No, don't sit shiva. You know, and so on, you know. Uh, th then that's really uh, a summary of the whole thing. Even though it's hard to see, but like I said, we are we were witnessing the end of the Sutton, you know, as he slowly backs off uh, and loses his power, you know. The real question is when does the era of Rav go? They are the last great impediment to the uh, redemption itself. It's the era of Rav. You see, and when you see them go, <coughs> that is the greatest messianic uh, phenomenon uh, possible. When you see them go, and they're over, and they can no longer obstruct the Torah, learning, Kiddusha, then you know it's over. And then it's just a matter of the Jewish people now have to grow in the way they learn. And I believe that's very, very shortly. You know, so that's something to look forward to. <coughs> and I believe that all oh, everybody sitting around here is going to see the Mashiach. Amen. Uh, Amen, right? Listen, can't get better news than that. Can you say that Arab will uh, disappear? Is it from, from Tshuva? Is it they themselves will do <coughs> I don't believe that they will do Tshuva. No, it's a, it's a matter of allowing people who are spiritual that they should have ascendancy. You know. the midbar, they Look, if Trump the wins, camp. they want part of the camp and the twelve tribes, right? Who? They outside the Who's camp. they? The Arab Rav. The Arab Rav really are, uh, they started off as Egyptians. One spoke about that, you know, who Moshe Rabbeinu allowed into the Jewish people, you know, uh, and so on, you know. God said, "Don't do it." Well, said a lot of things, <laughs> uh, but. Um, no, what, 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 what has to happen is that, um, I mean, in Israel anyway, the heir of Rav in Israel, which is basically the government, has to be, uh, you know, uh, you know um, in some way uh, ended. It doesn't mean the government, the government has to change. Listen, we don't know what's going to happen to Netanyahu. He's being, he's indicted. facing an indictment, right? What happens if he's indicted, right? With by, what's his name, uh, Mandelblit. <coughs> he's under serious indictment and he knows that you know Amanda Blunt seems like he's out to get him you know <coughs> so what happens if that happens not only that <coughs> what was that she could be the first prime minister to be removed from office it's no he w well as a sitting prime minister yeah but yeah. what's his name uh, Omar uh, yeah, uh, uh, who Omar yeah he but he wasn't sitting you know he went to jail you know, you know, but uh, so if he's out, somebody else has to take over 
that is for spirituality, you know, and I believe that will happen. And then that'll begin to change. You know, you have to realize something. There's a lot of powerful forces in Israel that can make people religious. Uh, you have a lot of organizations that are experienced in this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have Levli Achim, you have Arachim, uh, you know, Torah. There's a lot of, uh, even Chabad. If they were given access, I once mentioned this, money, real money, they can hire people and in many ways change uh, Israel. Yeah, without force, just by the strength of their arguments. You know, that's one. Or you can introduce religion into the public schools, secular schools, you know, and a prime minister can do that, you know. Uh, it's possible to b turn around the Jewish people in Israel. Wait, if you don't, wait, if you don't have, if you don't have opposition to this, the problem is there's enormous opposition because of the air of Rav, you see. But it's possible there are enough people in Israel who know how to address this problem and ultimately turn around Israel spiritually. They have, you know, they have uh, a good way and so on. Doesn't require that much. Just requires a lot of money, which, which the government has, you know. It's not as difficult as you think. Sounds difficult, but not really, you know. Because a lot of people in Israel are traditional. They like candles Friday night and this kind of stuff, you know. They're, they're not against. It's the government that impedes the real attempt to make Israel religious. You see, that's really what the enemy is. It's not the people. They just don't know. You see, but it's the government that impedes that ability. And, that, and that's the era of Rav. If the government was ever deposed, you know, in whatever way God chooses, you know, and somebody came in to reverse that trend, on the contrary, to aid and abet the attempt of people to make them religious, I think they can make the whole country religious. You know, they just need support and, uh, and money and so on. It's not as difficult as you think, you know. It's the opposition that is destroying Judaism. It's not because there's no ability to do that. And I believe it's going to happen. God is going to put into power somebody that will not oppose, on the contrary, will contribute in every way possible to, to allow spirituality and religion to dominate. Now, if you want to do it, fine. If, if a guy says, look, I don't want it anyway, so fine. Nobody's going to force him, right? But at least it will give the opportunity for people to buy into it. That's all they need, to be exposed to it and buy into it. That's really all they need. Just get these guys out of the way. That's the problem. Well, that's the, that's the era of Rav. Yeah. But God is in charge of the universe. You know, he will decide at some point in time to get these guys out of here, you know, and to elect other people, and that will happen. <coughs> that will happen, and you will see. And that's gonna come down like a explosion. That's what's gonna happen. Because they're gonna go out like an explosion, the air of Rav, you know? And overnight, you know, it's gonna happen. I never, I'll never forget, there was a guy, Kuchesko, in Romania. Terrible dictator, you know? And it was in, when was it, 88 or 89? And he was overthrown. Overthrown, the people overthrown. He was a, no, no, uh, uh, well, firing squad. What, I'm not, but he was overthrown. And I remember, I was listening to the radio, you know, and you heard a roar. 
that you couldn't believe. And that was like a million people screaming at the top of the lungs with joy for the overthrow of this madman. And I said to myself, that's what's going to happen when the Mashiach comes. Amen. But it won't be a million people. It will be millions and millions of people that will rejoice with unbelievable joy when they realize that evil is over once and for all. All those madmen, evil people that dominate the world is, are gone and they will just scream with joy. You can see it. People are going to be dancing in the streets, you know, because everybody will realize we have now seen a fundamental shift in mankind that will, is irreversible and unstoppable. And that's going to happen <coughs> in Israel, you know. Tell you one thing, it'll happen here when Trump wins 2020. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're going you're gonna to see people, you know, half the people will be seeing Shiva and crying. <laughs> that's a little less, you know. You know? But I'm telling you, it's going to happen, you know, sooner than later. Okay. Right. Uh, so Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.